Welcome to this week's episode of the North Bible Church Podcast. Now, let's join our pastor as we open God's Word together. All right, my name is Wes. I've been a pastor here at North uh, for over 14 years and love it. Love being a part of the community here at North. Um, it's a special day. It's special because you are here. Uh, it's also special because my pants are a little dressier than Larry's this morning. He has on jeans and I have on khakis. So it's a big day. It's a big day. Uh, but he just had surgery on his shoulder, so don't walk up and say, oh man, that was funny. Boom, because that'll hurt him a lot. So uh, don't do that. Um, you know, most people uh, who are in the business of speaking to uh, groups of people, audiences, uh, make it a priority to know their audience, to know who they're speaking to. Uh, today, you are my audience, and my goal uh, is to speak to you as clearly as possible, to speak to each of you as clearly as possible. To illustrate this, we're going to play a game. Uh, you're not going to have to eat anything weird or actually even get out of your seat, uh, but it's still fun. Uh, so I'm going to say a word, and then you're going to picture in your mind what, what first comes to your mind when you hear this word. Okay, so I'm going to say a word, just you know, in your head think of what's the first thing that comes to mind. So if I were to say tweet, would you think of something like this? Or would it look more like that? Um, if I were to say the word groovy, is, that is groovy. Um, is it this or would it be that? If I said the word sick, would you think of this or would it be that? That's sick, man. Uh, what about text, if I said the word text, or would you think this, or maybe both? Um, what if I said the word skirt? Would you think of this, or would you think of this? Most of you have no idea what just happened, <laughs> and you still don't, so that's fine. Um, what if I said the word snap? This, or would you think of that? One last one, uh, cloud. Would you think of this, or, or that? Um, I feel like I have a decent handle on uh, who the audience is today, who you are today. But I wanted to, to begin by letting you know who I'm speaking to, because uh, like the words that we just put up on the screen, each of us hear things a little differently. Each of us come in with different experiences, different thoughts uh, from a different place. And so I'm going to try and address as many people in the room as, and with clarity as possible today because I believe that God wants to speak to each one of us this morning. I know there are people in this room right now that don't know why they're here. Uh, and honestly, don't really want to be here. But you're here anyway. Maybe uh, you don't come to church much uh, or consider yourself a Christ follower. Maybe you don't know 
you know, many spiritual things and it's intimidating or it's scary to be in this place. Or maybe you're just uh, apathetic. Or maybe you're angry with the Lord or with somebody in the church right now. Maybe you're in a bad place. Maybe you're in such a bad place that it convinces you of a lie. And that lie is that you shouldn't be here this morning. Regardless of if you don't know why you're here or even want to be here, I'm talking to you. I'm glad you're here. And I hope God meets you where you're at. I also know that there's people sitting in the room right now that know why they're here, and they're excited to be here. Maybe you're excited to hear God's word. Or you love worshiping with your family. Maybe you're, you're, you need an answer, and you, you're wanting to hear that this morning. Maybe it's this church community, the people just give you life. Love being here with these people. These relationships mean the world to you. Maybe there's something in your gut that you may not even fully understand, but is longing for something. And that's why you're here. Well, I'm talking to you. I'm glad you're here. I hope God meets you exactly where you are. Speaking to everyone in the room, uh, because I believe God is calling each of us to him, no matter why you're here or what's going on. The prayer is that God's spirit will speak through me into your hearts and your minds and into our lives, our common, everyday, normal, routine lives. No matter where we find ourselves today, can be full of the power of the spirit of God and we can join in what God's doing. Let me pray. God, again, we just thank you for this morning, for each person that's here today, for the folks who are not here today. And we recognize today, I recognize today that you're God, and that I'm not, and that I get to be a part of what you're doing. In your name, amen. Uh, today is the second week in a series called The Cure for the Common Life. Um, we may view ourselves as fairly common, but as Christ followers, uh, he wants us to do extraordinary things in and through us. Last week, Troy uh, shared what it means to never settle and took us through Revelation 3.16, where we were challenged with this question. What would it look like if you invited Jesus into your life, your common life, exactly where you are at each moment? Asking Jesus to reveal to you the truth about himself and about you. Knowing that we may be ordinary, but Jesus is calling us to something extraordinary. To never settle in our everyday life, according to last week, is to consider this. Are we lukewarm in our faith, or are we hot or cold? Are we encouraging or challenging to others? Are we making an impact? Today we're going to talk a little bit more about the difference, how to know the difference for making an impact, and if we are fulfilling our purpose uh, in God's kingdom. Uh, today's title is called Finding Your Sweet Spot. Finding Your Sweet Spot. This is similar to, you know, like a sweet tooth. 
um, where you have certain things you just really like, tasty. It's similar to a sweet ride. Your buddy has a sweet ride and you're jealous of his sweet ride. Um, it's similar to home sweet home, where hopefully uh, you have a, your home is a place of family and blessing and relaxation. Each of those phrases help us get in the direction of finding your sweet spot, but a better example uh, is this baseball bat right here. It's a pretty cool bat. I had like an aluminum one at home, but wood just, I don't know, it just feels better. Um, so finding your sweet spot. Baseball bats are designed with a specific sweet spot. If you're swinging and you hit a ball and you hit it right here, the ball hits right there, one, it's going to hurt your hands and it's not going to go very far. It might even break this bat. If you're swinging and the ball hits way up here, it's also going to hurt your hands and it's going to go in a weird direction. But when you are swinging and you hit the ball right here, right in this section, that is the sweet spot. And you will hardly know that you're even hitting a ball. You'll hardly know it. And it will go further than you even imagined. Baseball bats are designed with a sweet spot. You try and hit it there every time. And it, it's, like, it's like our life, our faith. There are sweet spots when it comes to our life and our faith. There are things that we can do. There are choices we can make, directions that we can go, that when we swing and we hit the ball, it's going to hurt more than it should, and it's not going to be very successful. There's, there's patterns in our lives that isn't exactly our sweet spot. But when we are living and working and breathing and interacting in our sweet spot, in our walk with Christ, within the body of Christ, then we can do extraordinary things. And in some ways, it's easier than we would ever imagine. Finding your sweet spot is much like the baseball bat. Our message today is about our personal sweet spot in the body of Christ and in our relationship with Him. I'm going to define a couple terms first because my goal is to speak to everyone here. I'm not going to assume that you know every term that I'm going to use today, and there may be some that I still don't define, but I'm going to define a couple terms um, as we go forward. One of them is uh, the term the body of Christ. So the body of Christ is the church, what Jesus calls his church. Simply put, there are believers or followers of Jesus and his ways. That is the church. It's not about a building or rules or a brand. It's simply the people who have a relationship with Jesus. Therefore, if you have a relationship with Jesus, you are part of the church. You're part of the body of Christ. We're also going to talk today about spiritual gifts. What is a spiritual gift? A spiritual gift is a special power, grace, or endowment. This this special gift is, is not from anything natural. It is supernatural, only from 
the Holy Spirit. It's given to individuals and groups, these gifts, these spiritual gifts, who have a relationship with Jesus. The Spirit resides in them. In short, a spiritual gift, gift is a supernatural talent, skill, or quality that only comes from God. So what does the body of Christ and a spiritual gift have to do with one another? That's where we find our sweet spot. The body of Christ, the church, and your spiritual gifts are designed to intersect, and that's where we find our sweet spot. We're going to look at the scripture here in a moment uh, from 1 Corinthians 12. Uh, we'll look to the Bible for that. And maybe you know this, and maybe you don't. Uh, but the Bible is a collection of writings of men and women uh, that were written to an audience to tell the story of God and man. Each person wrote with the Holy Spirit's words. So we have a collection, this Bible, this scripture, of God's words that is alive, is active, and useful for people who came before us who are living now and the people in the future. So as we open up the Bible, let's remember what we're reading. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 1 through 11 is what we're going to look at. It's going to be on the screen. You can pull it up on a Bible app or your Bible. Uh, if you do so, uh, you know, no, no reason, there's no shame in going to the table of contents uh, to find out where the book of the Bible is. I still do that from time to time. So if you're, you know, perusing through Scripture, don't ever feel awkward if you need to go to the table of contents uh, to look for it. It's towards the end of um, the Bible in the New Testament. First uh, Corinthians was written by a guy named Paul. Paul was a killer of Christians, a murderer of Christians. He hated Jesus. But his life was changed when he encountered the Holy Spirit. Now pause there for a second. The Holy Spirit, when we say that, that is, that is God, because God is three in one. God is Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And Father, Son, Holy Spirit each have different roles at times, but they are all one God. So Paul, in his hatred, encounters God, encounters the Holy Spirit, and has this change. And he was passionate about Jesus. He died for his faith in Jesus. And he wrote many letters to the church, he, to you guys, um, and in his day. One of them was a letter to uh, the town called Corinth. Okay, Corinth would be very similar to the Phoenix area. Okay? It was busy. There were a lot of people. There were opportunities. There was success. So Phoenix would, have, would be much like Corinth. And there were, but here's the deal. So in chapter 7 of 1 Corinthians, Paul starts answering questions, concerns. So Corinth is over here, and they're like, hey, we're doing this church thing. We have faith. You know, you're Jesus, and we're trying to figure out what it looks like. Hey, Paul, what, what would you say about this? And then they write him a letter. And then Paul writes a letter back addressing those things. So that's what we get to read today is part of what Paul is saying to uh, Corinth. And they were asking Paul in this part, what about these spiritual gifts? What about the body of Christ? How, how do these things come together? 
And that's what Paul is answering. So I'm gonna, we're going to read the passage, all 11 verses, and then we'll come back and take a look um, at each piece more in depth. Uh, but right now, before we read uh, God's Word, why don't you turn to the person on your right and left and say, listen up, this might change your life. Go. <clears throat> All right, verses 1 through 11 of of chapter 12. Now, about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another miraculous powers. To another prophecy. To another distinguishing between spirits. To another speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. So since this part of Paul's writings uh, is to answer the church's questions, our questions, concerns, um, we're going to look at this passage through the lens of how do I find my sweet spot? Where does the body of Christ and my spiritual gifts interact. I believe that he answers that. He says in verse 1, now about the gifts of the Spirit. So when we, when we read that, we know, that, okay, he's saying now we're going to talk about this. And he says, I'm going to talk about the gifts of the Spirit. He's addressing their concerns, our concerns. He says, brothers and sisters. So he's speaking to followers of Jesus. If, now he may say these differently if he was speaking to someone who did not already know Christ. But he's speaking to the church. He's speaking to followers of Jesus. He says, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. He didn't want them, he doesn't want us to believe any lies about ourselves, about the church, about the body of Christ, about God. He didn't want us to believe any lies. And here's why this is important. You can write this down if you want. This is really clever, okay? It's profound, all right? I personally believe that almost every wrong attitude or wrong decision stems from a lie that I believe. Almost every wrong attitude or wrong decision stems from something that I believe that is untrue. And if we can identify those lies, if we can focus in on the truth, then we we can have those attitudes and choices that make sense in those realms. So 
when you look at this, he's saying, I don't want you to be uninformed. He's trying to help them have a proper understanding and clarity of God and the church. Verse 3, therefore I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. Now, there's actually many reasons that Paul says this. Um, but the general point is that when we are in relationship with Jesus, we have his spirit. And we can't have his spirit without a relationship with Jesus. There are different kinds of uh, gifts, but the same spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Paul is describing the different ways that we receive the power of the Spirit. There's different ways in which the, the Spirit comes upon us and we use that to build His kingdom. One of the, 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 the word gifts here is, is basically qualities or characteristics that we get when we have a relationship with Jesus and the Spirit resides in us. These qualities are like faith or healing or wisdom. But then he's saying that we can serve in the power of the Holy Spirit. And we can also work or we can have activity in the power of the Spirit. And usually, the way we serve and the way that we work in the power of the Spirit will have something to do with that quality or characteristic that he has given us. That's only from the Spirit. So th this is how I hear that. Each of us, when we have the Spirit, we receive at least one quality or characteristic that only comes from Spirit. At least one. We also receive at least one way in which we can serve. Serve inside the church and outside the church. We also receive one way in which we can work or have activity. And th that's a promise from the Lord. When we have that Spirit, we get each of those gifts. And our role is to be open to what that is and what that is to look like. Verse 7, he says, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. He's reminding us, he's reminding the Corinthians uh, that each of these gifts are not for selfish gain, but to build up the body of Christ, to build up God's kingdom here on the earth. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another a message of knowledge by means of that same Spirit. To another faith by that same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another miraculous powers. To another prophecy. To another distinguishing between Spirits. To another speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another the interpretation of tongues. These are some of the gifts of power we can receive from the Holy Spirit. And each of them can be used to serve and work in different ways. So I just have to think of it this way. You know, picture there's three people standing up here. Let's, let's say it's uh, my son Eric, who's nine, and my friend Mario, who's and um, also uh, my friend Will, who's senior in high school. Okay, let's say they're up here. Let's say each of them have the, the spirit of, of wisdom that's from the Holy Spirit. When the, the three of them are together, it's powerful. There's something supernatural going on in their interaction that we, we may not even see or be able to identify. 
But when the three of them are together in the church, outside of the church, they can make a huge impact, extraordinary things. But each of them as individuals get to do extraordinary things based on their personality, the people that they come in contact with, the opportunities that, that would be in front of them. So pretend, you know, my son Eric, he's, you know, he's in third grade. He's at lunch at school, and he has a friend who's having a, a rough day. The Holy Spirit could literally, through the power of wisdom, give him a word of encouragement that may not even be from him that could, that could help that person, that could change that person that's sitting in front of him. Or my friend Mario, who works, you know, one of, the, one of the jobs at a car dealership, helps run a car dealership. He could have special wisdom for that business, for the coworkers that are around him. Say a coworker comes in and their marriage is having a hard time. He could have special wisdom about what it means to be in friendship and walk through life with him in that. That's what that can look like. And my friend Will, who, you know, is willing to take out a middle school student just to say, hey, you know, let's grab some time together. I appreciate you. I'm going to pray for you. How can I come alongside you? And then he could have that special wisdom and advice to show, show him an example. All three of them using the same power of the spirit of wisdom, but taking on different forms in and out of the church. There are a lot of these gifts given to us. Uh, there's a list here we just looked at. There's also some in Romans 11, uh, Galatians 5, and different places in Scripture. Verse 11 says this, All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. He finishes the section with the reminder that all these are from the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit decides who gets what. Um, I began a relationship with Jesus when I was six years old. I was at a children's camp, and they had these crazy karate dudes that came in and, like, broke blocks and stuff, and it was cool, and they're kicking stuff. They're like, you can have the power, too, Jesus. And I'm like, yeah, I want that. And I, I knew that I had sin. I knew who Jesus was, and I, for the first time, entered into that relationship, and I was excited to do so. Over the years, through trial and error, lots of error, um, I found my way into some of the sweet spots in my walk. So the sweet spot of my spiritual gifts and where the body of Christ and the kingdom of God come together. But it's only through time and trial and error in certain ways. So when I was eight years old, I found a live round of 45 caliber bullet on the ground in my neighborhood. I then thought it would be a good idea to gather up my brother and all my friends in the neighborhood to watch me as I hit it with a hammer. Uh, it took several tries, but one time when I hit it, it made the loudest explosion that I have ever heard in my life up to that point, and it shot off like a rocket somewhere. Still don't know where that bullet went. My ears rang for two days, and I could have killed someone with that bullet that day. Fast forward to my senior year of high school. On the basketball team, I averaged a whopping 6.3 points per game my senior year. Yet I was still 
the captain of the team. About a year ago, I took a group of 20 people across the border to build a home near Rocky Point, Mexico, many of which had never been out of the country before, most of which knew zero Spanish. I guess what I'm saying is, when I became a follower of Jesus, he gave me some different giftings. One of them is to gather people together and do stuff, leadership in that way. I'm still working on that. But that gift can be used for, for good things and things that are not so good. And I think that's the point. When we have that relationship with Jesus and the Spirit gives us his gifts, we then get to figure out what that is supposed to look like where he wants to use us. Every believer in here has the power of the Spirit in you. Are you in touch with it? Do you know what your spiritual gifts are? Are you using them to build God's kingdom? If your answer is yes, or your answer is no, or your answer is, I'm not sure, our response going forward is actually all the same. Continue looking and refining to see where God has us. To continue finding your sweet spot. To keep building in that relationship with God. I have some steps for you to consider for what it would mean to find your sweet spot or to refine your sweet spot. First, it's having a relationship with Jesus and having that Holy Spirit. Without that, we don't receive those supernatural powers to continue to grow in our faith, to continue to be at church, to be in accountability, to have small groups, to do life with other people, to spend time alone, listening, reading, sharing with the Lord. Grow in that faith. First, that relationship with Jesus. Second, it's trusting the promise that each of us have spiritual gifts. Each of you have been given gifts from the Holy Spirit. And the third is this. It's asking God to show you what your gifts are and how he wants you to be using them. It's finding out what they are and maybe what they're not. There are tests for these things, believe it or not. Go online, take a test, buy a book, take a test, take seven of them. See what the feedback is. Ask other believers, ask, ask your friends, ask your family. When you see me, when you interact with me, when you watch me in different areas of my life, what, what do you see bubble up? Here's a list of the different spiritual gifts. Circle three of them for me and do that with a bunch of people. Find out where God seems to be using you. Some of us may be really surprised what the Lord's doing and wants to do. The fourth is, is this. It's really profound. Start doing stuff. It will become clear over time, more clear over time, the things that fit you the best, the things that fit the body of Christ the best based on who you are and who what your gifts are. 
It's like the advice I give to uh, people going into college or in college. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with the rest of my life. You're probably not going to have it all figured out, so you need to just start doing stuff. And it will be made known to you over time. So doing stuff in the church and out of the church. Doing stuff in your family and out of your family, with your friends, in the community. Try different things. Some of us really like the spiritual gifts that get us up in front of people or we get to lead. And some of us really like the spiritual gifts where we get to hide in the background and nobody knows. Regardless, are you willing, are you open to know exactly what God has given you and is giving you? Because it may surprise some of you. Some of you like the background, like hanging back, but God's actually given you a gift to do something else. Are you willing to know what that is and to step into it? And the fifth step is to repeat steps one through four because it's a never-ending process. We get to continue to learn over time how, what our sweet spot is where our spiritual gifts and the body of Christ, the kingdom of God, come together. Let me pray. God, we know that your spirit is here, and hopefully uh, we are willing and open to what you're saying to us. Uh, As we leave here, God, uh, here in a few minutes, remind us somehow that you're with us and that we get to lean on the promise that your spirit is alive in our hearts and minds. In your name, amen. Thank you for joining us for this week's message. North Bible Church is located in Scottsdale, Arizona, and exists to equip all generations to love God, love one another, and love the world. For more information about North, please visit our website at northbiblechurch.com.